0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 50. Yes, the half-century episode mark already of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And when you hear this episode, it will be exactly one year since episode one was uploaded. Episode numbers don't exactly work to 52, as you might think, but we missed our usual Wednesday conversation last August 17th while I was in Costa Rica, and we did double duty by covering two messages the following week in episode 14 – and episode 17 and a half was the second one, was the result of a joint worship venture with, the Florida, Hospital, with Florida Hospital, where we all gathered at Calvary Church celebrating 150 years of Adventist health care. And that allowed us to put together a little behind-the-scenes episode and a few laughs to go along with it. Sometimes we're still nervous that another one might arise. And who could forget about episode 20 on October 11th, which was a mere couple of days past the canceling of church due to Hurricane Matthew the lack of a message to discuss, we went over an extremely affirming note from Pastor Andy that had gone out by email and social media regarding the hurricane, and I don't even remember what that was a
1: I'm just, my, just my mind's just buzzing over here, trying to figure out these things. I just, I, I just, I just, uh, I
0: just, I just realized I didn't put down what that was actually about. I only was, look
1: forward; I don't look back very. I mean, well. <laughs> right, we don't look back, but it
0: was. I'm sure it was really, really good. And if you really want to find out, you can go back to episode 20 and check it out. But anyway, here we are, and a special thanks to each of you that listen each week. You stop me in the lobby at church, or sometimes in the most unlikely of places, like Florida Hospital Altamont, Florida Hospital Orlando, and say hello, and realize that I am the Randy of Andy Randy. And Jeff, and thanks to Andy, Jeff, and Tom, we show up each week making it happen. And of course, all the special guests uh, throughout the year who, at times, smile at the face of sheer terror to do something weird or unknown like a podcast. So, thank you to everyone. Real quickly, last week our episode was entitled "Priesthood of All Believers." No, it wasn't. What was last week?
2: (laughs) You're talking about this last week? Yeah. What was alone in a crowd?
0: Alone in a no. What
2: was yours? Surrounded Uh, and alone. Actually, mine was. the, the trouble with lonely. The trouble with lonely. The what?
0: trouble with lonely. See what happens when you forget one piece alive, of your notes.
2: You're, you're asking us to go back a week
1: and a uh, half. A week. I, <laughs> My dad said that whenever I would preach, he said, "Annie, you know, by the time you reach the door." Forget whatever you said, because most of the people are already have. <laughs> yeah, <but> anyway.
0: <laughs> Well, anyway, in that message, we just decided that the world will know that we are followers of Jesus because of the love we have for one another. And that's two weeks in a row we've said that, but I think we could probably say that each week, and it would probably be something that if we could actually put it into practice, would be well worth our time to remember. So, of course, if you haven't listened to it, you can watch or listen to that message both in the Hospital Church mobile app and... Andy says that we still have a website, hospitalchurch.org. That's right. So there you go. You can get it that way. So our most recent message, which was only a mere four days ago, which was the second part of that by Pastor Jeff uh, in the series Lonely, and the message title was The tr- not no. Surrounded and Alone. See, The Trouble with Lonely. See, I, asked, I make <laughs> the there, notes. Yeah. The, see, we're in this a whole year and we still can't <laughs> get it right every single time. So Surrounded by Lonely. So... I think everyone can relate to the idea of being lonely and probably even being in those large groups or even with friends and feeling like you're isolated. But I love the reminder, Jeff, early on that God desires from us the same thing that we ourselves desire in our lives and relationships. He desires that intimacy and that closeness so much that the plan of salvation was brought about and followed through on to send Christ to die for us, essentially, and why is that sometimes so hard to remember that God wants the same thing from us, and if we're not willing to give it to Him, why are we expecting a reciprocation from others?
2: Here? Yeah, that was that was kind of an interesting piece to think about. God being lonely, you know, with yeah hundreds, whatever, you know, the the thousands and thousands of angels that He has in heaven, and yet because we're not there, there's a side to Him that that aches for that intimacy with us. That uh, was that was a. That was a um, that was a powerful piece in putting this together. Um, and the fact that it's it, – one of the things that I was I was looking at as I was talking, because I did a lot of conversations with, with different mothers. It was Mother's Day, so yeah. I wanted to do that. But that was one of the pieces that they said uh, was the most helpful for them, was that – when you're all alone, it's kind of nice to know that you're not alone in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you're all alone, you just realize it. You're, you're not, not alone. Not alone. <laughs> ah, that
2: seems to be a hard place and, to get to. And though. it's not just other people that are going through the same type of experience that you are, or the suffering that you're out. That's why I think support groups are so – Uh, you know, so powerful and important during those times of whether it's divorce recovery or recovering from a death or a loss in the family or or whatever it might be from a loved one, that those support groups actually provide that part of healing because we realize the universality of our suffering. And here's God coming into the picture saying, wow, I'm, you know, I'm right with you because I suffer from the intimacy lacking with
0: you and I, you know. What, why is that then? It seems as though every time we have this desire – and you'll hear this if you're a churchgoer. I'm <laughs> sure it doesn't matter which denomination, but you always hear, you know what I really miss? Man, this one time we had this small group. Or we Mm -hmm. had this Bible study, or there used to be this Sabbath school or Sunday school class that I used to go to with the greatest teacher and all the people that were in it. And man, you know, I really felt like, you know, I was invincible in my faith during that time. And me and God, we were like, you know, buds and all this, but those always seem to fade way too quickly. And if that's part of the support group that you're, I mean, cause that's definitely what you're talking about is one of those support groups. Why do those go away (laughs) seemingly so easy sometimes?
2: Well, then it doesn't take much neglect. <laughs> well, no, that's I, true. That's true. Well, well I do think, it, like in everything, even when you looked at that picture, for those of you that were at the worship service, uh, there's this, and we have this graphic of all these people and then there's this one person that they've kind of isolated and put that one in person in color. And it, I think a lot of what it has to do is we start to believe a lie that Satan really wants us to understand and keep within ourselves. And the lie, the lie is that God doesn't, really care. So one little thing that happens, um, you know, like, say, for instance, you've had a bad day and doesn't seem like things are going well, and all of a sudden, bam, another thing happens. And you go, you start to believe this lie that, you know what, people really are against me. Yeah. God really isn't with me. I You know, I really don't deserve to have friends. Or, you know, you start piling those things up. and uh, And eventually you start to think, even though there's hundreds of people around me, nobody understands me. Yeah. And it's this weight that we start to believe within ourselves. And that's sort of a lonely place to be. It is a lonely. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, is it possible then that I mean, because God never intended for us to be alone, you know, you, you covered that, and that we were designed and really created to be, I think, personal and interactive people together. You know, we crave love and attention and that the devil immediately said lonely. Yep. Lonely yeah. is the one I'm going to use. Well, it's interesting that even
1: prior to the fall, before sin, okay. God says it's not good for man to be alone. Right. It wasn't, it, wasn't a, even a, it wasn't so much a sinful thing. He just made him. He's perfectly created and hasn't made Eve yet. And he says, hey, it's not, go- it's not good for man to be alone. So I think it's, it's really something that we need to recognize as part of who we're, we were created is, in, is for this relational world and there's a resistance to it sometimes we want, we want to be adequate in and of ourselves and to be able to say no i'm not <laughs> adequate. I, I actually do need some people yeah. you know people who need people are the happiest people
2: yeah. yeah you know that that was um andy brought up the the word adequate even that word um we have a especially as western american thinking type people we have a we have a problem with just being average and the, the idea of thinking that I can embrace my averageness, yeah. you make, mama, yeah. mama got all seized my report card. Yeah. that's you awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> Party! And and yet, um, I think sometimes we have to, we should, we should revel in the fact that there's a lot. There's a yeah. There's some things that make me unique. There's some things that make me special. And I think those are good things, and and we should always be, but but when we when we downgrade ourselves for being average, or when because that's the piece that ties us. Through. We all suffer for one. So I'm average. I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not the worst sufferer in the world. I'm not the best sufferer in the world. <laughs> I suffer, and I'm part of that. And uh, you know, I there's a lot of things that I don't do. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the fastest person in the world. I'm not the slowest. But I'm not. You know, all these things tie us together, and we forget those things. Yeah. And, and, that, that de- and that desire
1: to be the best, to, to have a superior, is a lonely piece. Is a superior yeah. place. Is a lonely piece, and, it, and yeah. it's really a super self-serving piece. It's, we're not we're not wanting to be the best so that we can help more
2: people. It's just so that we can be the best, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we have this illusion that if
0: we get to be the best then everybody will like us. Well, yes. actually it's just the opposite. Yeah,
1: guess, <laughs> yes, pretty much so.
0: <laughs> yeah, really the more, you know, the more you would be good at something or you'd be the best at something, I mean there's always your detractors at that point because then it's easy to pick you apart, <laughs> right? It's I mean right. the flaws are probably even more available yeah. and open for people to uh, to see and, and to pick you apart.
1: I was fascinated that uh, Jeff actually interviewed mothers mm. from our congregation uh, about their being lonely. Yeah. And it just, yeah. to I mean, here's a mother who is like... Surrounded. Sort of never gets time yeah. alone,
2: it seems <laughs> like, and yet they could be lonely. Um, and every single one of them, I think I mentioned this, every single one of them had experienced it at least... You know, deeply in their lives, at least once.
0: Sure. Well, and you mentioned that there were differing degrees of loneliness, and I think we can probably all, in our own experience, uh, relate to that. But mental health issues that deal with depression, loneliness—you know—those things finally seem to be coming out of the shadows a little bit and joining our dialogue about awareness and acceptance in society. Um, but because of faith and truth and Christianity, the way we see our world view, do you think it's harder for a Christian to come to grips with these issues of admitting <laughs> that sure. you know yeah. that I have I have a weakness because well, really, well, God's all you need. Well, that's it's a, I think I think
1: it's related. Hey, Jeff won't be surprised I say this. I, I think <laughs> it's I think it's related for this, it's the same as being out of touch with our human depravity. Yeah, it, is that I sh, I should not have any. Um, not not flaws, but any any deadly flaws shouldn't are mine. I, I'm above that, but that's that's
2: not really true. We're pretty broken people. Yeah, and you know the problem. The other side of that is that we as as lovers of others, <laughs> which which Christ asks us to. A lot of times, what we do is we take the shortcut around and we go, well, you know what? You may be single. You, you know, you may have lost your wife or your lost your husband or whatever. But you have God. Yeah. You know and that 's how we that 's how we get them off our back, and we don 't have to worry about them anymore you 've got God just to, you know don't, special, call, don't call don 't call me don 't call me anymore you 've got <laughs> yeah. god yeah so what 's interesting is and i didn 't didn 't think about this well i should 't say i didn 't think i didn 't bring it up is that God told Adam that he was alone, even when he was standing next to him <laughs> you know it 's not good that right. you should be alone, and right. here God is right there and yeah. i 'm I'm thinking well that 's a pretty powerful, important thing for God to say, realizing that adam was unique in his in his human in his humanness, needing another partner. So, um, so I don't think God expects us as human beings to walk through life, yeah, just on our own
1: in Him. Okay, well, but now, Jeff, you've done a lot of counseling. So, if I came to you and said, "You know, here I am. I'm I'm whatever age I am, and I'm alone, and I'm really not looking for a life partner." Uh, but I, but I don't want to be just alone I want, I want to have intimate relationships in my life to be you know have good friends and you know people over and uh, what kind of counsel would you give me to be able to not be lonely to be, to have those like, those connections of intimacy
2: when i'm not looking even for a life partner well that that's a really good question because I just had that conversation yesterday oh cool i didn't know um that. and he it was a it was a man who i I've known him for a while he's uh he works out close to me, to where I work out. We've known each other for a couple of years. Finally, and we started talking and he said that, um, we were just talking about the life in general and he's, he had been divorced about five years and he says, happiest day of his life, you know, and he just gotten rid of his wife and, <laughs> and, uh, went on to explain a couple of things that were pretty colorful. <laughs> and, and he says, now I just live with my cat. You know, that was his, uh, you know, that was his life, you know, yeah. just living with his cat. And, uh, and you know, he's shared a couple things. But as we started to talk, I started to realize one of the things that he does have a hard time with is socialization in general. Okay. So I think maybe that's the first step is you start to – you say, okay, is that something you'd like to see changed in your life? Mm. You know, and so you would go, okay, how can we bring better social skills? Right. And, and then – And, and do I, am I really willing to invest
1: in those – choices i would need to make to have intimacy in my life or am i more in, interested
2: in a fantasy a fantasy of
1: right, intimacy right in <laughs> and that's the problem is when
2: you go after you know pseudo pseudo intimacy right. which a lot of people do right. and they end up in and I, and I think the bible speaks good of that i mean it, it, you you end up even more broken after those kind mm-hmm. of things and it it hurts our uh, our our souls to think that we would settle for that kind of uh, pseudo intimacy
0: yeah well, that's great because we just knocked out like two or three of the next questions I had all with that response. So <laughs> Sorry. That, uh, no, that's perfect. I didn't that's see perfect. your notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither did I. But what is the modern-day equation for us in, in applying the faith of the woman in the story that you had uh, mentioned, the woman who had been uh, bleeding for 12 years? And it sounds great, and we'd all like to believe that we have that kind of faith, even if it comes and goes, strengthens and weakens, it ebbs and flows but is that faith still attainable today the kind of faith that she had that really gave the ability or that caused the healing from Christ to just say yeah it's it's your faith you know have you ever i don't know if you've done this
2: this is something we used to do years and years ago we have gpss now but we used to do orienteering and um, mm-hmm. and I remember one time a friend of mine. And
1: for those who don't know,
2: orienting is, is using a
1: compass and a map to get somewhere. Yeah,
2: using a compass, and he gave <laughs> us all a topo map of of this uh, place, and he says you got to find me, and he gave us the coordinates of how we're going to find him. And so we had our compasses, and the whole idea was, well, a friend of mine who are, who and I are going, we we run literally right into a cliff. It's telling us to go into a cliff. And he goes, See, I told you this guy is next to me. He says, This is impossible. We can't, you can't use a compass because we don't know what's. And I said, No, no, no. The whole purpose of orienteering is to know your directions away from that cliff, come back, go, you know, count your steps and come back. And you, you know, you're on the other side of the cliff. But that's sometimes how we get to feeling about God, is it. He's given us this faith, and all of a sudden we come up against this huge cliff in our lives, and we say there's no way around it. And that's what I think God removed from this woman is her thinking that she had no way of making friends. She had no way of making relationships or having intimacy in her life. And God says, no, no, no. He says, let's get that out of the way. And then she saw really who Christ was. And I think that's the beauty of this story. Same thing with Jairus, which is a parallel story going on at the same time. same one, yeah. And here's Jairus who thinks, oh, she's dead. I, you know, I don't need Christ anymore because obviously that's bigger than what he can do. And you know, Christ was trying to. Sh- I think that's why this, in all three of the Gospels, mm. yeah, is because this is such a powerful piece that we sometimes move outside of what we think Christ can do, and we go, okay, my situation's hopeless, yeah, and I can't do anything about it.
0: Well, you are on fire today because there goes the last two. You answered them all right there. So that was a perfect way to wrap it up. We're quickly running out of time. But I wanted to highlight one of our FHC takeaways from this uh, past week. And it said, research tells us that one in five people will experience deep feelings of loneliness at least one time in their lives. What types of things might be helpful if you knew of a close friend or loved one that was going through loneliness? And I would love to hear what your ideas are on this or what you think about when you have that special person. Or if you're looking for ideas, post a question. Would love to hear maybe what you're thinking, what you're wanting to maybe get some advice on. And you can share those directly from the FHC mobile app by using the media tab and just click on the podcast banner. There's everything there that you'll need to catch up with us. And finally, I couldn't help but thinking that through this entire message of people and friends that I know right now that are in this battle of a lifetime For some, with loneliness and depression, the one thing that always gets a smile, a hug, or even a happy emoji through a text message is listening. It can be the hardest thing to do, especially Mm -hmm. in today's world. where We're all short on time and many things to do, but along with not trying to fix things, listening – is always about the realization mm-hmm. that it just it equals caring and love, and yep. it, it betrays it. And so, if you know someone this week, send them a text, just give them a phone call, stop by, say hello, and it might make all the difference in the world, and maybe more than you could possibly ever know. So, this week upcoming is we're staying in the lonely yep. series, and it's back to Andy. How to stay lonely. How to stay lonely? Yep. All right. This week we <laughs> – That'll this be week fun we, to discuss next week. <laughs> we tried to usurp the loneliness this week. Next week we're sticking uh, yeah. with it. Grab hold tight. So you don't want to miss well, that. Well, if you
1: know how to stay lonely, then you would know how not to stay lonely.
0: Too. Ooh, the plot thickens. <laughs> so don't miss that. And so until next week in Episode 51, this is Randy for Andy, Tom, and Jeff saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.